Oh, Jesus. We offer ourselves before you this morning, Lord, as vessels that have been cracked and broken through life. But Jesus, we invite you to come and fill even these broken vessels today. To come to mend our hearts and to fill us afresh, Lord, with your hope, with your truth, with your life today. So come, Lord. Through your word and by your word, speak to us today, we pray. We welcome you, Jesus. We invite you today. Welcome, welcome, welcome. seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you so much. Worship team. For leading us into the presence of the Lord. And I'd requested that song to be sung before the message just to elevate in our hearts a place of expectancy. The Lord wants to move among us today as he does every time we gather. So grateful for our pastors and staff here. Thank you, Pastor Steve, for welcoming me to come and bring the word to you this morning. I count it a, a deep honor and privilege to be able to share with you today that which the Lord has put into my heart. I do want to let you know that tonight at 5 p.m. at our International Christian Fellowship, led by my in-law, outlaw, Pastor Justin, at 5 p.m. tonight, um, Pastor Gilbert will be bringing the word, and uh, you got just a teensy taste. Uh, Pastor Gilbert is one of those people that literally I will sit and listen to for days as he exposes, expounds on the word of God, and just he has such a fresh way of teaching and bringing, so he will be bringing the word tonight, so um, that's at 5 p.m. this evening, and uh, so... Some of you are wondering who this guy is up here. Um, you know, I got to remind myself, it's already been three and a half years. Uh, so I am Jim Olson with my beloved wife, Annette, um, to whom I've been married for 36 years with our four children. Yes. Our eight and going to be nine grandchildren in January. I know. Eleanor is doing, she, she was listening to the sermon series that was happening before it happened these last six weeks, so she will, she will have uh, six children, seven and under, by January, um, one of those being a, a foster child that they have as well, so she's one busy mama, and of course, Emily with her too, and Zara, who is around, edible Zara, and... Um, Yes, and of course, Noah is still here. <laughs> My boy. And um, so I had the honor of pastoring this congregation for 26 years, from 1990 to 2016, when I launched 
out to work with the Pilgrim Center for Reconciliation. I want to add my invitation to Pastor Gilberts. This is a, a really big year for us in our 25th anniversary year, and we've brought Gilbert here from Rwanda to help us in the celebration. Our founders, Dr. Arthur and Molly, uh, will be with us and sharing. It's just a time of celebrating our legacy and pursuing our destiny. And yes, new children are being born in the Pilgrim Center. God's leading us out into new places, in new lands. And uh, so in the back, if you want to sign up for communications or to be on the prayer team, there's a sign-up sheet for that. And there's also a fall celebration sign-up back there. And Specios, where are you? Are you around somewhere? But anyway, Specios is going to be... Oh, there you are, way in the back. So Specios is going to be back at the table uh, there to assist you finding that information. There's a brochure back there and... Um, anyway, it really is going to be a very special time uh, together uh, and a great meal by Gil Gayton, and uh, there's no cost to attend. Uh, come celebrate with us and hear what God is doing because he, he is moving like in really profound ways that just split open my heart when I see and experience what he's doing. It's really remarkable. It's hard to, you know, sometimes get my head back into different spaces. Um, we've, uh, we've just had a, you know, God is moving here. Uh, we just finished a, a six-week Way of Reconciliation course at one of our very, um, a, a, a congregation that's very close to my heart, uh, Messiah Episcopal Church on Ford Parkway. Um, they've been long time connected with them, and uh, they recently went through a, a really challenging time, but we had an incredible course. We had 60-plus people show up to take the course, and we just, every week, it was just amazing. And We just finished that last night, and um, Thursday night, sorry, and um, Friday, we were with uh, Mercy Vineyard, with their staff and with their board. Uh, they've just pray for these congregations. You know, congregations sometimes go through seasons, and um, they're in the middle of a season. And uh, we were able to be with them. It was a profound time, and I have the privilege of bringing a word to them next Sunday morning. And so, just pray when I'm not here. It's usually because I'm somewhere uh, ministering or traveling, and. Again, three weeks ago, I was in Uganda at Pastor Patience Museveni, the daughter of the president uh, who pastors a church, uh, amazing church, um, Covenant Nations Church in Kampala. Uh, and a month ago, I flew into South Sudan, into Juba. And um, so that Monday, we started with a uh, healing and reconciliation retreat. And um, every, you know, for me, God sometimes just comes just like right on time. And um, flying into this country, and I cannot say that I saw much of South Sudan, um, primarily because of security reasons and those kinds of things. I was from the airport to my hotel and the hotel to where we held the end back, and that's but driving through the streets and seeing all the bullet holes in the walls and hearing all of the stories of, I mean, this is a country that has been convulsed with conflict. And then hearing the precious stories of the, uh, the painful stories, deeply painful stories of our participants is um, just, yeah. So, but that Monday morning, um, 
when we were going to begin our retreat, um, Annette and I were doing a devotional together. And um, when I'm traveling, we do it afar. I mean, we do it together from apart. <laughs> but that morning, the, uh, the scripture was from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18. And it just exploded in my heart. And it's the scripture that forms the foundation for the message that I want to bring to you this morning. The beginning of that verse says, I pray, this is in the New Living, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. I didn't know it, but that morning at our first tea time, I was interviewed by folks for national TV, radio, and press. And I was asked to bring, what, what is the message you want to share with this country, with this people? And again, God being right on time, I want to bring you the message of hope. That there is hope. That there is hope for this country. There's hope for you as a people. They came at the end of the retreat and said, what is your message? And I said, well, it's still hope. <laughs> And when we were with those group of young people, I'm telling you, and young people in Africa means 18 to 35, you know. Just the ages of my kids, like everybody in the room was the age of my kids because I've got them from, what, 19 to 35. So I, talk, I felt like I was talking to my kids. But these young people who have grown up and lived in the context of war their whole lives, it's all they've known. But they are so bright and radiant with hope for a different future. So this morning, from that seed that was conceived in my spirit in South Sudan, I want to bring you the baby today, to use Pastor Gilbert's terminology, and I want to speak to you pastorally and prophetically, but really from the heart of a father, which I think, I, I think I've now earned that right. This month, you know, tomorrow is Emily's 35th birthday, my oldest daughter, and a week before she was born was my first week going up to Kettle River, it was the beginning of my ministry, so this month I celebrate 35 years in ministry. And I'm just going to share with you from my heart some things that are overflowing. And here's, here's my prayer. Here's my longing. I just, this is what I've been just mm, in my spirit, just ready to share because 
I just, I'm praying and asking that all of our hearts will be flooded with light today. I just want to, just want our hearts flooded with light. I love that picture, don't you? Lord, let our hearts, I, I don't know if anybody else, I struggle, this is an honest reality, I struggle with what they call sad, seasonal affected disorder. I get hit big time. As soon as the darkness hits, you know this gene, right? We've prayed about that before, you know. I'm like diurnal, that means, you know, I'm affected by, sounds strange, but anyway, um, I'm affected by light and man, Starts to get to November, and I'm like, so let your hearts be flooded with light today. It's a pretty straightforward word, and I want to get to some prayer time, so I'm going to get moving here. We're going to answer six questions this morning, so you'll know if you're keeping score, if you're taking notes, you'll know when you're getting close. We're on point one right now. We're going, to ask, we're going to answer all of those what, how, where, when, who, all those questions, how, about hope, because hope feels sometimes to me like a little bit ephemeral. It's like trying to catch fog, okay? I love, one of my friends used to say, if there's mist in the pulpit, there'll be fog in the pew. So... <laughs> Hopefully there won't be too much mist in the pulpit or fog in the pew today. Let his light burn off the fog, all right? Hopeless. Can papyrus grow tall where there is no marsh? Jeremiah 29. Can reeds thrive without water? While still growing and cut, they wither more quickly than grass. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. When what they trust in is fragile, what they rely on is a spider's web. They lean on the web, but it gives way. They cling to it, but it does not hold. That's not Jeremiah, by the way. That's uh, Job. But Sorry, I can't give you the address off the top of my head, but. We'll get it fixed up before it goes up on the, on, the, um, on the web. What an incredible picture. Such is the destiny of all who forget God. So perishes the hope of the godless. What they trust in is fragile. What they rely on is a spider's web. Think about leaning on a spider's web. It gives way. They cling to it, but it doesn't hold. It doesn't hold. There's so many things that we're clinging to, and I think part of our hopelessness, if we're honest, we're, we're sometimes it's because of, you know, we'd never say this, but, but honestly, in our sort of lived life, we're kind of godless. What is it, Job what? Job 8.11. Thank you. Job 8.11. Because we're depending on all of these other things. We're leaning into all of these other things. It could be, we were praying about this that this morning, and Pastor Steve was praying about that so eloquently. 
in our pre-service prayer about, you know, if we're we're leaning into our our marriage or our insurance or our pocketbook or um, our our political party or our, um, I don't know, whatever it is that we're leaning on that's not him, it's like a spider web. It's fragile. It's not going to hold. But there's a hopefulness. A horse, now we're in Psalm, a horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all of its great strength, it cannot save. So there we go again. There's the, if you're leaning on the horse, and the horse, you know, it's a strong beast, but it's, if you're leaning on that, if that's where you're hoping for deliverance, it cannot save. But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death, to keep them alive in famine. We wait in hope for the Lord. Would you say that with me? We wait in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. So in order to help move hope from some sort of ephemeral fog that's out there, some mist that we can't quite get our arms around, and in order to bring it back into something solid and secure, that what hope that we have, the hope that we have is a hope in, first of all, his name. I love this. So again, I'm just going to flood you with scriptures today so that you can go back and just meditate and let those, let those, the, the, the scriptures just um, work into your soul. I will hope in your name for your name is good. A wonderful invitation to give to you would be sometime just spend time and you can find it, you can go on the web, you can, whatever. Uh, just do a study of the names of God. And already it will begin to raise up your hope. Jesus said, anything you ask in my name. And that doesn't mean we just, you know, whatever we're asking for, God, give me that, you know, and just stick Jesus on the end, you know. But what it's speaking of, it's speaking of the very character of who God is. So our hope is in his character. His names speak of who he is. And so our hope in his name is a hope in something that is solid and substantial because it is backed up. You know, you, you, you walk into your bank and you put the, and it says it's backed up by the full whatever, blah, 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 of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, FDIC, right? Okay? So that your money is secure. Well, your life is secured, backed up by the name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the one who's backing up your life. Whoa, what happened there? His word. Hope in his word. Psalm 130, verse 5. I wait for the Lord, 
my whole being waits. And in his word, say it with me, and in his word, I put my hope. This morning, I was reading all the way through the longest chapter in the whole Bible. What's that longest chapter of the Bible? Psalms 119. You were maybe reading it with me. No. Over and over again. I mean, I was just saturated this morning in that of in his word. So you want hope? It's in his word. Everything we need for life and godliness. All his great and precious promises. They're in his word. And his promises are all yes and what. And through them we say, Amen. And like I've shared with you before, sometimes you've got to look for yes behind the no. Because what you see is no. But there's a yes there. In his word. Third, his eternal life. In the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. Paul says if there wasn't any resurrection, we would be without, I mean, it would be completely futile. Aim for earth and get earth. Aim for heaven and get earth thrown in with it. Oh, we say, oh, don't be so heavenly-minded that you're no earthly good. Well, don't be so earthly-minded that you're no heavenly or earthly good. Seriously. I don't know. This is a hard one for me because, I, you know, whatever. To, to get, it's getting easier now that I'm knocking very closely on the door of 60. It starts to get closer, right? Okay. Feels closer. But there's a longing that starts to grow in your heart because we're not just meant for here. We're meant for there as well. There's, there's more. Hmm. Hmm. We're looking at that eternity. Second Corinthians talks about that. These light momentary troubles in light of, in view of the, the great, the, 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 the you know, the magnificent transformation that's coming. Hmm. So, what are you hoping in? Be honest. What are you hoping in? Is your hope, has it felt very ephemeral and kind of, you know, it's just, and it's variable with the circumstance and situation you find yourself in because You're leaning on things and you're leaning on a spider's web that's just not going to hold you. So I'm telling you, there's a place that you can lean on that's solid as a rock. How hope? How hope? Here's sort of a counterintuitive scripture, one that I been wrestling with for, I don't know, probably ever since I started really studying the scriptures. It's in uh, Romans chapter 5. 
It says, therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I understand that. Okay, I get that part. Through whom we've gained access by faith into the grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Yes, I'm boasting in the hope of the glory of God. I mean, yes. But not only so, but we also, what? Glory in our sufferings. Oh, now it's starting to, I'm not so sure. (laughs) I don't know about anybody else, but I'm beginning to start feeling some internal resistance. But then he says this, because we know that suffering produces perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. That seems backwards to me. Right? But then it's really the book ending of it because we glory in the, we boast in the hope of the glory of God. So, so we begin with this vision of something that is to come. We live between where we are and where we know we ought to be. Okay, And in the midst of it, we're going through this suffering. Produces perseverance, character, and character. Hope, let me finish it, and then let me come back for a moment. And hope does not put us to shame, or in some translation, hope doesn't disappoint us. Because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. So here's the kind of here's the counterintuitive reality. The the suffering, the the hard places you are going through, dare I say it, the places that feel hopeless to you are actually the seed of hope. They're the seedbed the mulch out of which hope is going to grow. And the invitation to you in the middle of where you are is first of all to persevere. And the word persevere literally means, literally means to remain under. I don't want to remain under. I don't know about anybody else, but I don't want the pressure. I want to get out of that as quickly as I can. Yeah? But what does Paul say? He says, remain under. When you've done everything to stand, stand. See, there is another option between fight and flight. It's to open your hands and relinquish. And then what happens is he begins to produce this character in your soul. And and I've been thinking about this. I've been trying, and and the Lord just gave me a picture, and it's very simple. You know, what what God spoke to Jeremiah going down to the potters, it's, it's he's shaping in you. He's forming in you a place, a vessel. He's taking your character, he's shaping it so that it could be filled and flooded with hope. But he has to do the shaping. He's got to do the forming. There's a character formation that's happening in your life. 
several years ago, I was praying, and you know, words are a big thing for me, and, and the Lord spoke to my heart and said, I want to hallow out a place in you for my name to be hallowed. Sometimes he hallows out a place in us in order that he might have his name hallowed there through hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love is poured out in that place. So my question for us is, how is your hope growing in this season? How is your hope doing? Is it growing? There's that scripture in Proverbs, by the way. Y'all know it because you've heard it before probably, but, you know, hope deferred makes the heart grow sick. Now remember, that's not a promise. Proverbs aren't. Quite the same as promises. What the writer of Proverbs is saying, here's the reality. The reality in your life is when hope feels deferred, your heart, there's a a sickness that can come to your heart. There's a a place of, you know, that that disappointment can rise up in there. Okay, that's reality. That's, That's just human reality. However, we still have a choice. Of how we're going to, what what medicine are you going to give to the sickness of your heart in that place? How are you going to medicate that? How are you medicating your heart today? In those places where maybe you feel like, oh man, that hope has been deferred. Go back and read Hebrews chapter 11 to be encouraged, the great men and women of faith who were still looking. Even, they they knew there was a better country. They knew knew something was coming. (laughs) Right? And then Hebrews 12 says, so keep running the race. Right? Since you're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Right, brother? Yeah? All right. Y'all doing okay? All right, we're on number three. Where hope? Where hope? <laughs> Where does hope show up? Well, it shows up in really unusual places. First place, hope shows up. Well, Micah 7 7. As for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. I watch in hope. Let's read it together. I just, the scriptures, I think it's helpful when we hear them in our own heart. Let's read it together. But as for me, I watch in hope for the Lord. I wait for God, my Savior. My God will hear me. So where does he hear me? Hope watches and waits right in the middle of troubles. Hosea 2.15, I will make the valley of Achor, or trouble, that's the literal translation there, a door of hope. Right in the middle of your trouble, there is a doorway. I think sometimes, I mean, I know this is for me, I am preaching to my own heart today, people. 
not just to yours. I hope, I trust God speaking to you. But maybe we need to flip the script in our head around the troubles that we're experiencing instead of only being focused in the troubles to be looking for that doorway. You know about the twin boys, you've heard about that, who both were looking for a pony and one boy got this beautiful gift and blah, 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 and he was like crying and weeping because he, he didn't get what he wanted. He didn't get that pony. The other boy, his room was filled with manure and he was throwing the manure around. He said, with this much manure, there's got to be a pony in here somewhere. There's got to be a pony somewhere in the middle of your troubles. Through powerlessness, the widow who is really in need and left all alone puts her hope in God and continues night and day to pray and to ask God for help. Listen, people, we're frequently powerless, but we're never helpless because there is a help. We may be powerless, but we are not helpless. There is a help. <laughs> you feel powerless. I feel powerless like all the time. And this picture of the widow, really in need, left all alone, but she puts her hope in God. Through grief, Many places in the New Testament it talks about this, but this is a beautiful part. Do not grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again, and so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. The death is not the end, so in the middle of grief. So my question to us this morning is, where in your life are you currently watching and waiting for hope? Or where in your life could you currently be watching? for and waiting for hope. Maybe you haven't been watching and waiting for hope. Maybe all you have seen is the trouble or the powerlessness or the grief, and that's all that you can see before your eyes. But the invitation this morning from the scriptures, from God's heart to your heart, is today begin to flip that script and begin to look and to see, to watch and to wait for that hope and recognize that right in the middle of what it is that you're going through, that is the seedbed for hope. Woo! Yes. Thank you, Lord. So why hope? Why should I hope? Man, I've been, dis I've been beaten down. I've been disappointed. I'm discouraged. I'm distressed. I'm distraught. I'm... There's got to be some other dis words, but all right. I don't know. So why should I hope? Why not just give in to the cynicism and the cynical, you know, everything, you know, the, yeah. That whole flood that's come against your soul from the inside and from the outside. This world doesn't give us a whole lot, all right? So why hope? 
Then you will know that I am the Lord. Those who hope in me will not be disappointed. There is the end of the story. There is the antidote to the proverb. Okay? Hope receives. Why should I hope? Because hope receives an inheritance. Those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Because God has an inheritance for you. And in the Old Testament, of course, that hope was in the land. I mean, that was the, the thing that the, for the people of Israel was land. It was a place. It was security. It was stability. It was that, that place that I, I had something. You've got something. You've got somebody. You have an inheritance. Not only that, but you've got a future. Here's our Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. He's got a hope and a future for us. The end of the story has not yet been written. You know who's a really hopeful person? I think you all know this. Though not, you all don't know because you all don't know him. But for those of you that know him, one of the people that was is, is just been a pillar of hope in my life is Pastor Hollis Graves. Okay, he's just... And so, you know... When I'd be in the middle of the muddle, he'd tell me two things. He'd say, Jim, it's going to be okay. And the end of the story hasn't yet been written. So my friends, my brothers, my sisters, it's going to be okay. And the end of the story hasn't been written yet. Okay? Mm-mm-mm. I'm going to start wanting to preach pretty soon. Okay, so. Why would it be beneficial to continue to hold on to hope? Well, because. What's the alternative? <laughs> that's, that's one good reason. But because I want to hold on for my inheritance in my future. So, when hope? When hope? When, when do I need hope to show up? Well, those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. Soar on wings like eagles, run and not grow weary, walk and not be faint. There's a whole sermon in there which I'm not going to preach. But what I am going to tell you is that hope trusts. That word is translated in some of your translations, those who trust in the Lord, those who wait upon the Lord. All of those three are connotations are together, the hope, the waiting, the trusting. Hope trusts now. My hope is in you all day long. I learned this from Sue Anderson back here. I remember her telling me one time we were we, we, I, looking at Romans, you may not remember this, Sue, but I do because I've never forgotten it. And she said, you know what the, the challenge of life is? That it's so daily. It just, it shows up every day, right? It's so daily. Remember when he says, neither 
death nor life. Neither, or I don't know if it starts with life and death. Not, if we think, well, we understand that death, nothing can separate us from the love of God, neither death, but not life either. In the middle of your lived life today, there is hope now, right now, all day long. Mm. Grab that hope. And there's hope always. <laughs> it's always available. As for me, I will always have hope and I'm going to praise you more and more. So, anybody here need hope today? Come on up, worship team. I don't know if anybody else needs hope today, but you need hope today. For those of you that have been keeping score at home, we've covered five, right? We started with what hope? Hoping in God, hoping in his name, hoping in his word, hoping in his eternal life. How hope, hope growing in the middle of your difficulty, your suffering, remaining under God's shaping a character in you in which he's going to flood you with his hope. Yes? And then, what was the third one we looked at? Somebody help me. Where hope we found that hope shows up in unexpected places. In fact, in the places we think it wouldn't show up, but that's right where it is. Hope isn't right there in the trouble. It's right there in the midst of the powerlessness. It's right there in the midst of your grief, whatever that grief might be. He shows up. What's the next one? Why do I continue to hope? Because I've got an inheritance in a future. And when do I need it? Well, I need it right now. But I also need it always. It's a continual thing. Oh, God. Flood our hearts with your light. So, what's our last one? What do you think it is? Who? Who hope? <laughs> This isn't great English, but it's, it's all right. Who hope? Hope for you. Because Ephesians 1, 18, the rest of the verse says, let's read it together. I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light so that you can understand confident hope he has given to those he called his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance that would be you and me his holy people his glorious inheritance this is for you today this is not for some saint who's over there it's for us and how could we finish a message on hope in a higher way than this? Romans 15, 13. For this is my prayer for us today. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely 
with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to throw you guys a change up, by the way. We're going to sing This Is a Move first. Up in the booth, we're going to start with This Is a Move, and then we're going to go to the other one. Raise a hallelujah. But I just want to start with This Is a Move because God's got to move this morning. Because I just know that there's some folk here. You've just been, you've just been in the middle of that valley of trouble. You've been all alone feeling powerless in the midst of the grave. And you've been waiting and you've been watching. Say, Lord, when's the hope going to come? Well, I'm telling you right now, hope is here. And hope is here because Jesus is here. Ain't because Pastor Jim showed up, by the way. This has got nothing to do with me. This has to do with the one who sits upon the throne, who is the eternal word, bringing a specific now word for us today because he loves us and because he wanted to minister to our hearts. He needed to show up for me in South Sudan, and he did. He's going to show up for you today right here in St. Paul. Because the God who's the God of South Sudan is the God who's the God of St. Paul, Minnesota. Because he is the same to yesterday, today, forever, and forever, and he is the same everywhere. So would you stand up to your feet? And I'm going to ask our elders and staff and, and uh, prayer people and elder spouses and, you know, whatever. If you're prayer folks, my wife, come on up. Others, just come on up. Right now, do not pause. Pastor Justin, come on. Pastor Gilbert, come on up. Right now, Nabintu, come on up with Pastor Justin. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hallelujah. And now I pray that today, each and every one of your hearts and the heart of this congregation may be flooded with the light of the Lord and that we might be filled to overflowing with a confident hope in the one whose love floods and overflows our hearts so may you be filled this very day afresh with the immeasurable love of God the Father with the irresistible mercy and grace of Jesus Christ the Son, with the inexhaustible strength and power, comfort and hope of the Holy Spirit to be with you and yours. As you go from this house to yours, sent as ambassadors of reconciliation, go with the banner of His favor over your lives. And until we gather again, either in this house or in our eternal home, I pray that His love and goodness and mercy will follow you each and every day of your lives. Oh, be blessed, people of God.
in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. Specios is going to be out at the table. If you'd like to sign up to join us for our 25th anniversary celebration, we'd be honored to have you. Communications. Gilbert will be here tonight at 5, preaching with ICF. Blessings to you in your day. There's still people here waiting to pray with folks, so there's no rush here. Just come on up if you want. We're going to continue to worship. When you need to go, go. Pick up your kids, please. That'd be great. And bless you. Thank you.